This year marks the 15th anniversary of Riot Fest. It was started by a young upstart named Mike Patrician as a multi-club fest and is now one of the largest independently owned festivals in the country. It's all happening this weekend, September 13th through 15th in beautiful Douglas Park. And joining me to talk more about the festival, this milestone, and the man behind the riot is Mike Patrician, a.k.a. Riot Mike himself. Welcome back to Vocalosa. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. I cannot... Honestly, believe that it's been 15 years. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of reflecting the past month and last two months, I should say, especially. And I was 26. Oh, Jesus. And somebody brought out an old photo. <laughs> and boy, did I look young. And this festival's probably put some grades up there. Yeah, I think most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's paint a picture for folks of what your slice of Chicago's music scene looked like 15 years ago. It was different. You know, the punk rock scene here at the time was pretty strong. It was kind of like a tail end of, a, of what was happening prior to me moving to Chicago. It was small. You yeah. know, there was no huge ambition with it. It was going to be a one-time thing, and that was that. Since then, and, you know, it was a year-to-year festival. I mean, it was small, like 1,800 people the first year between the two days or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And... You know, the following year was the Naked Reagan reunion, which kind of put us on the map, at least in doing one reunion yeah. <laughs> and two uh, credibility. And they Naked Reagan provided that for us early on. But I look at the scene now and I look at music now far differently than I did back then. And maybe just because I've been doing this for, for quite a while now, the younger bands are being a little bit more experimental. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And they're combining different sounds and different elements to their music, especially locally. Yeah. Um, and I dig that. Nothing sounds like there's nothing worse than a band that's just like regurgitating what like no effects did. Yeah. You know, or sound like another band like Black Flag. Yeah. It's, it's one thing it's just to, boring. It's one thing to wear your influences on your sleeve and be respectful, but to, right. to kind of take their product wholesale and repackage it as your own is kind of Yeah. Uh, and that was a lot of that back then. But you know, at the same time you had like at least locally, you had bands like Rise Against who were about to pop. Yeah. You know, who were popping, I should say. And Alkaline Trio and, you know, these these two, especially those two bands from Chicago left their mark and they're still, you know, huge bands. You created a lot of work for yourself by making this a multi-venue festival from the get-go. I realized that you had no idea that it would turn into something like this, but uh, what was behind that decision to force people out into the streets from club to club? Um, it it kind of happened naturally. It, you know, we didn't do anything the first year. It was like year two where we only did one Congress show. That was like kind of the main theater. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. 4,500 cap. And then we did a sh- like an opening night at like Double Door with the Bow Evils and the Blue Meanies, and then Reagan did a secret show at Sub-T on that Saturday, and the big show was on Sunday. So it uh, it kind of started from there, and we added more Congress shows and then more um, more venues yeah. <laughs> and then more days. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the end of it, it was five days long. Inside, mm-hmm. it went, ran from Wednesday to Sunday, and, yeah, there were... 30-some shows. I can't even remember. It was like, I think it was 30, 37 maybe. Yeah. If you count the secret shows and all that stuff too. But it was it was hard. I mean, it was just impossible. It was so hard. In, in many ways, it's easier just to do it outside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's riskier, um, but it's 
it was certainly not fun having other shows go on at like Metro because I was at Congress and not getting real updates of what was happening mm-hmm. there. It was cool in like theory to be able to hop the city go, you know, from from Wicker Park down to Metro and, you know, as a music fan, it's cool to explore the clubs in this town. But at the same time, they're not close together. Yeah. And that was just, you know, we're we're doing like selling out a lot of shows, a lot of people are coming and all that, but it was really hard on the on the fans. So we uh, then decided to take it outside. You're listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jill Hopkins. Joining me in the studio, the founder of Riot Fest, Mike Patrician, a.k.a. Riot Mike. 15th annual Riot Fest happens this weekend at Douglas Park. I want to talk to you about the, the business of running and booking a festival. If, if the Internet is to be believed, you have the easiest job in the world. <laughs> Anybody could do it. And why don't you just hand those reins over to, you know, at Joe Schmo 8669. <laughs> what, what has changed in the last 15 years for not just you uh, personally, but the, the festival business at large? Let's start with the festival business at large. I think that's uh, will lead into the other the other part of it. It was small when we started, so it, we were dealing with a lot of independent agencies, and many of them don't even exist anymore. Or bands left independent agencies and went to some of the the bigger powerhouses, I suppose. Um, so, but the, the biggest thing is timing. Mm. Was that I could take a few months off and not think about it. Um, RIFS, maybe have ideas and maybe, you know, talk to some headliners or something like that. But I, I could at least, like, decompress for, for a minute because routing for tours and all that stuff was not like it is now. There's, like, bands that were planned, like, easily a year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. you know, from now of what their touring plans are and have holds and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't like that back then. Maybe if you were U2 or something, but mm-hmm. not for mid, you know, Bands are doing a thousand or even five thousand um, people a night, so it changes. Like we're we've already we're already working on next year mm-hmm. when this thing hasn't even happened yet. There's yeah. like offers out for bands, and uh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Just um, the constant cycle, right? You don't. You really don't get a minute. I think personally, is like I don't think much has like changed. I've given. Pretty much my entire life, my you know my late tw- my mid to late twenties, my thirties, and now I'm into my you know I'm 41 now, and it's really been for riot. Yeah. You know whether or not that's good or bad, I, <laughs> I think that's debatable. On the day you ask me, but <laughs> it's a tough job. It's sometimes, but it's you know there's very few opportunities in life where you can make tens of thousands of people happy. Yeah. So you know that's uh. My life's work. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm Jill Hopkins. This is Vocalo Radio. Joining me in the studio, Mike Patrician. He's the founder of Riot Fest. That takes place at Douglas Park this weekend. Now, if I'm in a broken up punk band mm-hmm. in 2019, or a rock band, or even just like a golden age of hip hop group, mm-hmm. I'm sitting by the phone waiting for a phone call from Riot Mike <laughs> before I even think about any other avenue <laughs> to a reunion. <laughs> Do you ever think about how this festival's changed the game for nostalgia acts? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. The the thing is, when it comes to the punk rock bands, and I'm not saying it's for every genre, or let's like, just take the Misfits, for example. I think they're, you know, when they broke up, they were playing like 500 cap rooms. Yeah. And look what that turned into. Yeah. 
decades. They, they became a multi-million dollar business. Speaking of marketing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you can walk into a Walmart and probably buy a Misfit shirt at this point. But even though they had, like, different, you know, they had, like, put out a couple albums without Glenn in the 90s or what have you. I mean, everybody knew it wasn't the same. But it made them, made people want to see the original you know, to see Jerry Doyle and, and Glenn on stage together. And who would have thunk back in 1983, and, you know, their last show in Detroit, that, you know, how many years later, 33 years later, that they're selling out arenas? Yeah. I mean, it's, the music's good. Yeah. That's my point. And there's still everybody's, you know, kids getting into it. It was able to cross over into metal, into industrial, into hardcore. I mean, obviously punk and, and like psychobilly, everything. That was when yeah. band just lent itself to every genre and changed the game. And the same can be said about Jawbreaker and same, you know, with the replacements. These are just defining bands who, you know, who just grew. Like people yeah. caught on to it decades later of how great you know these bands were, yeah. and now it's multi generational. Folks yep. our age have kids who are twenty. Yep. That's wild to say out loud, but they do, and they they buy tickets to things, mm -hmm. and they they know all the words too. Yep, it's kind of it's it's a family affair at Riot Fest. Sometimes I mean it's 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 true. You know, <laughs> yeah, kids going to see Paris, and and the dad's going to see the Descendants. That's it's exactly what it is. <laughs> there is something for literally everyone at Riot Fest. Whose idea was it to get the village people to play Riot Fest <laughs> in 2019? It was it was tossed around a few years ago, but Buck in our office kind of threw it back on the board and was like, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, we, we knew that fans would react well to it. The village people that trend on Twitter, that was the first time they ever <laughs> trended. They let us know that. That was pretty cool. Um, but they've been great to work with. I mean, there's going to be probably a circle pit for them. I guess there's some kind of Facebook group, it's meeting so up group that has like 4,000 <laughs> or 5,000 people already like connected somehow. Or some some are showing me something. And yeah. I just laughed. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, so during YMCA or something or Macho Man, there's going to be there's going to be people throwing each other around. <laughs> I can't wait. A couple of years ago when Bootsy Collins played, uh, yeah. it was like that was one of my top Riot Fest moments yeah. of all time. There was a vibe in the park. Of like unity, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody was on the same page. It was, the sun was out; it was perfect weather. We just came to get funky. Do you mm -hmm. think that something similar is going to happen during like the Village People or the B52s during yeah. some some set that you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> expect? I think the Village People, when I'm going to be, my eyes are going to be on it. This is Vocalo. I'm Jill Hopkins. Riot Mike Patrician joins me. This year's Riot Fest includes the B52s, the Wu Tang Clan, Patti Smith, and more. I want to talk about the Wu-Tang Clan. I always want to talk about the Wu-Tang yeah. Clan. Uh, even before, I guess, folks really knew about the D'Antward controversy, mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, folks wanting more hip-hop. Yeah. On the on the bill, and it don't get more hip hop than than the Wu Tang Clan. Wu is awesome. They've played Riot a bunch, and I kind of actually wanted them for our fifteenth. It just made sense. I wanted to bring a lot of bands who've been part of the history back, and um, you know, I was doing them in Club World mm. before they played Riot, and you know, individually we've had a you know Method and and Redden and Jizza and Rizza. They've all done solo stuff at Riot, so. I wanted them, but they had like another show or something like going on in the summer, early summer, so we like couldn't announce or mm. what have you, so we kind of moved on from it. When all the Dianteward stuff happened, it was like, 
Let's see if who's up for it. And the great thing is, is that like they have a show in California the night before. Oh snap! So they're all like, it's hard to travel from California <laughs> to Chicago <laughs> like that. But they're they were all like, yeah, let's do it. What does your ideal woo set look like? Because you never know oh, which man. of the thirty dudes in that group are going to show. Up. I supposedly ODB's kid might show up. And oh, the young dirty bastard! Yeah, yeah, so he sounds like his old man he too. Really does. Scary. Yeah, and supposedly I don't know if it's true. We'll see what if it happens. But they're all gonna come, I and they're this. and I don't from there. Whatever you want. Seriously. <laughs> <Here>. <laughs> Just thanks for coming. We appreciate you. Would you yeah. like some water? <laughs> they're from a neighborhood not that dissimilar from Douglas Park, yep. and it seems to me like they. Uh, don't want any of us to forget that. Yeah. I want people to have the information that they need to succeed this weekend. The 15th annual Riot Fest takes place this weekend, September 13th through 15th at Douglas Park on the west side of Chicago. You can find the lineup and schedule, which includes the Wu-Tang Clan, Blink-182, uh, My Queen, Patti Smith, The Selector, The B-52s, The Village People, and so, so, so much more at riotfest.org. Mike, thank you so much. Happy anniversary. Thank you, and thanks for having me.